Take your Bibles tonight and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 as we look at verses 8 through 16 tonight. And I know Casey reminded you of it, but when you do something out of routine, you need to be reminded several different times, probably next Sunday morning. What time are you coming to church? 10. There you go, Loy. I'm proud. I kind of wanted to see. 10 for Bible study. Well, you might come a little early if you're practicing. So I'm just talking about we Bible study, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock service in here. Don't forget that next week. And help us get the word out. Help us to let folks know. I'm sure you might get a friendly phone call from your local pastor or something other next week. Don't try to talk to me when I call. I got many calls to make, all right? So, all right, Bill, you understand? All right. And then next Sunday night, of course, next uh, Sunday at 4, we'll be doing release. We will not be in here. So uh, just uh, be mindful of those things. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 16. And for those of you who are very observant, some of you have decided I'm already preaching the same messages again, aren't you? Yeah, a few of us. See, only three people observant in here remember any sermon I've ever preached, probably. But back about three months ago, has it been three months, it seems like? Yeah, three months ago, when I came in view of a call, I actually used Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, 9, and 10. We looked at those verses that night, or that morning. And uh, I will say it kind of seems but a memory for me, and it was a blur for a little while. So I don't even remember what I said, much less use another outline or so, but I want to be able to kind of look through this because we are talking about this journey of faith. We're talking about the, that hall of fame that's given to us by the writer of Hebrews. And I feel amiss not to at least look at verses 8, 9, and 10 again as it is also collected together with the rest of these verses about Abraham. I want you to see it tonight and, and see how Abraham demonstrates faith. And it is a challenge still to us today for us to be people of faith. Look in verse 8. It says, by faith. How many times have we seen that already? It is by faith. It is through the instrument of faith and faith alone that Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky and multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them. Embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Perhaps we finally get to one of these heroes that we would have expected. 
I mean, we've talked about some of the others. Certainly Noah would be up there for us as one of those uh, people of faith of the Old Testament. Perhaps not for us as much people like Abel or Enoch. But here we finally get to Abraham. We would have expected Abraham to have been mentioned, especially in a book called Hebrews. Because in the book of Hebrews, the writer is trying to remind these new believers that Christ is superior to anything and everything that had come before. All of the Old Testament prophecy, all of the Old Testament priests, all of the uh, legal systems, all of the sacrificial systems, Christ is superior. That's what he's been preaching and what he's been teaching. And now he comes and he reminds us that even the father of Judaism, you would say the father of the nation, that even Abraham was one who demonstrated faith, and it was because of his faith that he was able to obtain such a worthy testimony. Now, he reminds us of the story of Abraham, and he really outlines the faith, the faith that he had in the promise of God. Notice in verse 8, it says again, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he received as an inheritance. And you remember this, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. There, God basically says to Abraham, I want you to leave everything you've known, leave everything uh, that you are comfortable with. You're going to leave all these things. And basically what he says is, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you and bless those who bless you. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take care of you. And Genesis 12 was the seminal passage in this life of Israel. They would go back to that founding, that place, Father Abraham, where he was called to go out. It says, by faith, he went out listening to God, believing God, and he just went out not knowing where he was going. Now, important fact here that I didn't mention back in November. I think I was a little nervous back then. But important fact for you to know tonight is that God knew where he was going, right? He may not have known that, but God did. And that was the faith he had in God. Is God, you know what you're going to do and where you're going to take me and and I'm going to trust you. Genesis 12, 4 says, so Abram departed. I mean, after God spoke, you have so Abram departed. Three words. Uh, I've been talking about this on Wednesday night with Elijah and other places of just simple obedience. I, I didn't necessarily have it planned that way. It's kind of like God just speaking to me as I keep reading through this. It's just simple obedience. You don't have Abraham bargaining with God. You don't have Abraham trying to say, now, God, you got to give me a little more detail here. Most of us would have been like that. I think I pointed out then, and this is something always that I'm thinking, I'm thinking about, how did Abraham approach Sarah with this? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a minister. I've moved a few times now. I'm trying to think how he would have approached Sarah. My wife is a loving wife. My wife is a gracious wife. My wife is a pastor's wife. She is very supportive of me. But I'm going to tell you, if I were to go into her and say, hey, Leslie, I want you to know uh, God's wanting us to go somewhere. God's wanting us to move. She would probably say, okay, that's good. Where are we going? And if I were to answer something like, don't know. (laughs) 
we won't talk. She would respond negatively at that point, right? Don't know. What do you mean you don't know? If you know God's taking you somewhere, what do you mean you don't you don't know where we're going? No, I have nothing to program in the GPS now. I have no clue. We're just supposed to go. Here it says by faith, Abraham, he just went, not knowing where he was going. And somehow Sarah demonstrated faith. Maybe, she, hey, maybe it spoke to the trust she had in her husband. Maybe it spoke to the trust that she had seen him already demonstrate in God. And she was willing to go. And by faith, they went. And by faith, he leaves. By faith, he leaves everything that he's known. And how old was Abraham when he moved? Come on, somebody can get it. It's going to be a long night for y'all if you don't. 75, somebody say 75. Starting over. Now, I see about three people in here over 70. You want me to call your names? Could you imagine God saying to you, starting? I mean, some of us, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm 36, starting over. I mean, just starting over. I mean, leaving everything you've ever known and just going 75 years old, start over. Just start over. By faith, trust. He said, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do it because he believed God's promise. See, he had the faith to see that, that God was going to fulfill his promise. By faith, he went, and you remember that day I told you, by faith, he stayed. And, and that is just so important to me. I think verse 9 is actually just as important as verse 8. Because he did go, but he didn't just go for a little while and turn around and come back when it got hard. He stayed. It says, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise. In other words, here they are moving around. They're nomadic type of people, and they're moving around. And, and he goes in this land where it's a different culture. It's a different value system. It, it's just different. And he goes, and he stays. He stays. It's interesting, again, if you look down in verse 15, it says, And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. In other words, if they had gotten thinking about where they had come from for a very long time, they might have just said, we're going back. I didn't share that day because I felt like it might ruin the boat. So I share you now that I'm in the here. But I remember when I moved to Zachary, in, in Louisiana, South Louisiana. This was a guy that was born in North Mississippi, okay? You understand that we were probably 50 years behind most of the rest of the nation in North Mississippi. I just didn't even know some of these things existed. Look, I came from, of course, some of, some of you, of course, North Louisiana is very similar in some sense to, to North Mississippi. Y'all are much more cultured than we were in North Mississippi. But, um, but I, I didn't know much outside of Baptist denomination. I mean, there were some, there were a few folks that were called Methodists that were around. And 
a few Presbyterians. My dad had been a Presbyterian, but that was about it. There were all these Baptist churches on every corner. There was one on every corner of North Mississippi. That was just the way it was. I moved down to South Mississippi, and things were a little different, but it was still similar. I moved to Zachary. It was like, God, what have you done? Baton Rouge, that area, what in the world have you done bringing me? I remember those first few months being very, very difficult months for us. Not because we didn't, because we even questioned what God was doing. We knew where we were supposed to be. But it was just different. It was just, it was just tough that here we were. I, all of a sudden, I felt like I was living by the Canaanites. And Lloyd, they were LSU fans. I mean, that's what they were. The Canaanites, here we were, and look, they did not speak the same language I did. They didn't have the same kind of ideas I did. It was just different. And that's when, as I shared with you then, I didn't share with you in detail, but that Leslie and I looked at this and we said, you know, God is not just interested in our initial act of faith. He's interested in our ongoing acts of faith. So in other words, if he calls us to go somewhere, then he wants us to stay until he says something else is what he wants us to do. So we were there, and for those first 18 months, that's a long time, isn't it? 18 months, we remember, of just feeling the difficulty of being in a different place, a different area, and just ministry. And we kept coming and saying, by faith Abraham went, not that we even considered ourselves to have near the faith Abraham did, because we still had support in others. And, but we kept saying, by faith he went, and by faith he stayed. And we're going to stay. We're going to do what God wants us to do. May I say this? so that some of you will be more at ease. <clears throat> we hadn't been that way here, okay? <laughs> we haven't been using these verses in the last few weeks. It says Abraham went and he stayed, and he stayed because he believed God's promise. He believed that God would do what he said he was going to do. I mean, that's the reason he kept going. That's the reason you keep going in your life. That's the reason you keep... Doing what God wants you to do is because you you got to believe he's going to take care. He's going to do what he promised he would do. And Abraham said, whatever it is, if I have to go out into this area where I don't know these folks, I've had to leave my comfort zone. And look, many of us need to leave our comfort zones. God is calling us to leave our comfort zones. It's fine for us to get out of our comfort zone and get into a place where he wants to use us, where he can show us his strength and his power. Because look, God's going to demonstrate his power and his glory through the family of Abraham. Unlike any other family before, he's going to demonstrate his glory and his power through this family. He's going to build a nation. And it was because he believed. I mean, God was working in Abraham and Abraham believed and he was willing to go. And he was willing to stay. Just so I can show you and preach a little different message and not the same one. Look at verse 11. Because in verse 11, you see how there's the faith 
there's the faith in God's power. Not just God's promise, but in God's power. Now, here the subject in our English translations is Sarah. And it seems like it's speaking about Sarah's faith. There's a lot of debate on that. Actually, if you go in and try to work through um, that original language, it actually seems to be still speaking about Abraham and his faith. Now, we know that Abraham and Sarah were not perfect. We know that. Uh, I guess a year or two ago, I preached a sermon series on the patriarchs. Those, that's what y'all, some of you on that committee listened to for a while. Did y'all listen to any of my sermons? You did, just a few. Dwight, a couple of them. You, you know what they said? They were going to take off the first six months I was here because they had heard so many sermons I'd already preached. They had had enough. I preached on the patriarchs, and I was work, working through that, and you know, the more I worked through that and I talked about Abraham and I worked through the different parts of Genesis, the more I realized how imperfect they were. I mean, sometimes we just, I mean, we think Abraham again, the father of Israel, the father of faith. We forget they're real people. They're flesh and blood. I mean, Abraham had moments where his faith failed. Sarah had moments. God said, I'm going to give you a child. And what did Sarah do? <laughs> you kidding me, God? She laughed. Abraham had moments. He had a moment where he decided to go with plan B instead of plan A. He decided that he would father a child and have a child. And because he went with plan B, our world is still intention today he messed up from time to time but when it came down to believing God for a child it says he came back and he had faith and he had trust that gives me hope I, I, it's just a side note it gives me hope because I know there are a lot of days that I don't demonstrate the faith that I should I know I'm imperfect. I know I fell, fall short of the glory of God. But if God could use Abraham, flesh and blood, God can use me and God can use you. And we still have an opportunity. God doesn't give up on us just because we're faithless one day. God still gives us an opportunity to demonstrate faith the next day in our lives. And here's Abraham. He demonstrates faith. And it says that, that Sarah bears a child when she's past, age, past the age. Notice verse 12. It says, therefore from one man. And you got to love this description, don't you? And him as good as dead. I mean, how many of you would like that description written about you? I mean, Abraham, as good as dead, has a child. Now, how old was Abraham when Isaac, the promised child, was born? Come on, you got your ages, you know this. Abraham was 100, wasn't he? Sarah was 90. Anybody say miracle? That's amazing. God did this. By faith, they trusted God not only had fulfilled his promise, but now God had demonstrated his power. 
it's the awesome thing about God is God often takes those who seem to be the most unlikely candidates and he uses them and he demonstrates his power within them so that who ultimately receives the glory? God. Not Abraham, not Sarah, but they know here, they know that God had to be the one involved in this. God was the one. I mean, Abraham was as good as dead, and yet God brought vitality to his life, and God brought a child, the promised child. And it says here that there were born as many as the stars of the sky and the multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. By faith. We still serve a God that demonstrates that kind of power. And it's a God we, he is a God we should trust. A God we should trust to fulfill his promise and to, and to do it in his own powerful way. Because I want you to see in verses 13 through 16, I think in particular, is that they had the faith to see how God was going to fulfill his preparation, how he was going to prepare something that was better. He was going to one day bring uh, to light this heavenly city. Notice it says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. In other words, they did not see all of the fulfillment of these promises. They saw, obviously, Isaac and Isaac and Jacob and others. They saw things in their lifetime but they did not see the, the great nation that would occur and the land that would be given, all the different things. They didn't see it in its totality, but it was, it was kind of like they could see it. It was, it was kind of like they may not be able to see it with their literal eyes, but there were those spiritual eyes where they could see. They, they trusted God so much that they believed it was going to happen, and they could See it with spiritual eyes, if you will. It says, For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. Verse 16, But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. They kept going, they kept uh, demonstrating faith because they believed that God had something better for them. And in particular, there was... There was going to be a homeland. There was going to be a city. There was going to be something because they were just pilgrims, he said. They were just strangers. And they believed that God truly had prepared something for them. That's what they were looking for, what they were longing for. And it was as though they could see it. Now, I've been to Israel a couple of times. I've been to Jerusalem. It's a, it's a beautiful place. And, you know, I hope to go back one day. And, and certainly that is a... It is uh, a place that God ordained as he was building his people and building his nation. Certainly it is. And we know that later on in the life of Israel that it took on a, a great significance for the people. And certainly we could think about that city and how God had prepared that city and God had prepared that land. We understand that. There, we could say that was the preparation. That was what God had in store but I think as you read verse 16 in particular, it seems to be even something greater than that. 
talks about like this heavenly country, this city that God has. And not only for them, but he, he noticed verse 14, it's really for all of those who say such things that declare that they are seeking a homeland. It's it's as though the writer of Hebrews is saying, it's kind of like all of us who realize that we're just strangers in this world right now. I mean, we're just, we can't get too comfortable here because this is really not where we ultimately belong. There's something else God has prepared for us. That's one of the reasons we keep going is we don't live just for this world. We live for an eternity. And God's going to fulfill that in our lives, all of us in this place. is God's going to fulfill that, and we have faith and we have trust. And I'm so thankful for that. When I come to moments, when I come to moments where I see people that are hurting and going through difficult things, and when I see people that are laying to rest a loved one, I am so thankful that I can come back and I can have faith. I can have trust that God has something better. And there are days I know, I'm, look, I'm getting old and I'm getting sappy, kind of in the way I am. I don't know what it is, my emotions. But there are days when, when it's like you can almost just see it. I know no eyes seen, no ears heard what God is really prepared. But I'm talking about there are days when you almost can just sense heaven in its presence in your life. Because you can almost see. It's the faith. It's the trust. Nobody could ever shake it in my life. And I have a feeling in so many of you that nothing could shake that faith and that trust. It's one of the reasons you keep going. One of the reasons that you followed you left maybe the old stuff of your life and you followed Christ in you and you said, hey, I'm going on this journey and you kept on this journey because you just believed that God had something better and that God still has something better. I'm thankful to be where I am now in the ministry and the purpose and the plan that God has for me. I'm thankful for that now. But this isn't the end. This is not the end. One of these days, we will be able to see, and I'll be able to see, a heavenly country, a different type of city, different place that's been prepared. All of this is still just fulfilling our purpose in the land that he's given us. But one of these days, we're going to be able to walk into his presence. It is faith, it is trust that unlocks the relationship with Christ. It is faith, it is trust that gives us that hope to continue on. It is faith and it is trust to be able to see that God keeps his promises, that God is powerful enough to accomplish those things in our lives, and that God will fulfill, God will take care of, of his people, even as he makes preparation now. And I pray that we are those kind of folks, people of faith, that simply trust in his work 
and in his will. May God just continue to work in us and call us to a place of faith.